0: hello and welcome to recent activity your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film every show all at once I am your co-host Andrew Morgan with me as always is a man who makes this podcast far less expendable mr. Shane Beauregard <laughs> how are you sir I'm doing good how you doing buddy just uh, just tuning in for your 50 cents that's what I'm yes. uh, I'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> I, if only you look like Megan Fox, though, that would be the the better version, I'm sorry to say. Uh, we'll get into that later. Oh, we're going to get to it right now, buddy, because yeah. uh, <laughs> we're doing the quick and dirty today. We're going to do basically Shane's Excellent Adventure, uh, <laughs> the weekend that was with The Expendables, which we'll get to in a second, uh, which came in second at the box office to The Nun 2, which is hilarious to me. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, you also watched the number one movie on Netflix that's blowing up for, you know, obvious reasons, I guess, with Bert Kreischer, uh, The Machine, uh, which landed on the platform over the weekend, and The Continental, which we were looking forward to from the world of John Wick, the first episode of that miniseries that is going week to week for three weeks, I believe, uh, started over the weekend as well. Uh, I also caught Dumb Money, which is platforming. Where I didn't, I thought it had more theaters. Uh, I thought it was like wide this week, but it's not wide this it's week. Not. So, so I guess it's going wide this upcoming week. So I will try to be as you know spoiler free. Obviously, it's a very popular story, but I'll kind of give my my quickie review on that at the end here as we're looking forward to. I guess it's what a Gen V weekend and obviously maybe dumb money for you and some other things. So we'll kind of maybe project a little forward, but yeah. let's start off, Shane, because this is all you, baby. Uh, <laughs> expend a four bowls. Right? That's uh, oh, Expendables right. 4 in the weirdest spelling I've ever seen in my life. Uh, as noted, came in second at the box office to The Nun 2, which is up to 205 million worldwide, Shane. So, remember how you were like, I don't think Nun 3 is happening? Nun 3 is probably <laughs> happening. Unfortunately. It's happening. It's happening. Whether it's straight to streaming or not, it's fucking happening. Um, but Expendables 4... Only made $9.8 million worldwide. This is a movie that I thought would have done really well overseas. And it probably has been over, over the first three. Uh, it did nothing overseas. So I don't know if there's a, an issue with that or whether they're waiting on something with the strikes or anything to try to get the stars out. I don't know. But that's, that's poison right there. The scores on this... 5.2 IMDB, 30 metascore, 2.1 <laughs> letterbox, 13% Rotten Tomatoes with a 70% audience score. So obviously that's the best they're gonna hope for. Uh this is of course the fourth in the franchise, which is always hard to do, especially with this group. Um, and like I said, it's always that action star studded affair. You know, your Statham's, your Stallones, um, uh, my boy. Aiko uh, Uwe's uh, from the Raid movies and all that. Um, and then they added 50 Cent and Megan Fox. And I don't know if they added any more that you can uh, speak to. But it's a, it looked like I told you. It looked like from the trailer that this looked cheap. It looked incomplete almost. <laughs> like they just didn't finish the visual effects. And it's I don't know what to say. And obviously the scores don't do well. Did this disappoint Shane? Um, actually it didn't, but, uh, oh, man. <laughs> wow. What a hot take coming out the gate. Oh my God. I'll
1: get, yeah. I'll get to that. So it didn't disappoint. It was better than the third one. I will say that wow. now the special okay. effects, like you said, the special effects were garbage. Uh, Stallone wasn't in it as much. He was barely in the film and this felt more like a straight Jason Statham movie. Cause he was like 75% of the movie. Interesting. Where, where like 50 cent and Dolph Lundgren were the 25% mm. of the movie. They were barely in it, uh, which I actually enjoyed. I thought that's why the movie worked as well as it did. Cause it was a Jason Statham vehicle. I did like Iku, uh, our boy from the raid. I thought he was a good villain. I wish he could have been in it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Andy Garcia I, it just seemed out of place in this movie as much as Megan Fox seemed out of place in this movie. And okay. that to me was like the most irritating part of this movie. They kind of like shoehorned her in and she just was out of place. She's not a good actress. She, I I just couldn't stand her. I I just couldn't stand her. It was like, and I know a lot of people find her sexy, but I'm going on record. I do not find her sexy. She's got big fat toe thumbs. That oh, that's just annoy right. Me. That's
0: your uh, thing with her. I forgot about what that was. Yeah. Okay. And
1: she's just not good. And she wasn't good in this movie. And it's like they tried to make her second fiddle to Jason Statham because they were like a couple in this movie. Oh, okay. And it just didn't work. But the action scenes with Statham worked. Uh, Tony Ja, who they added to this film, yeah. worked. He was, yeah, he was in the yeah. second half. So the scenes with Statham, Ja, and Aiku were the best. And yes, th- listen, we all know these are B-action films, but it wasn't as bad as I anticipated. I'm just putting it out there. Again, better than the third one, not quite as good as the first or second one. It knows what it is and kind of leans into it. But the banter and jokes between the crew, like Lundgren, none of it hit. It was all bad. Like, it was poorly
0: written. But Statham carried the movie. All right, Shane, walk me through, because I'm a person who hasn't you know, been in the franchise for a minute where are we with this? What's going on in this universe? What is so appealing to you that you're like, I'm up for Expendables 4? For"? You know,
1: I'm a 90s action baby, I guess. Like, that's my genre, and this kind of hits those... Uh, I don't want to say naughty parts because that sounds wrong for a podcast, <laughs> but you know, like stuff you... Like that you stopped be, you before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, stuff you know you shouldn't be eating, but you eat it anyway and yeah. you know it's not good for you. Yeah, I it hate the term he's guilty so
0: pleasure, but that's yeah, you know, he's where so you're landing. Su-
1: it just hits those sweet notes, man. Like, it's cheesy action. It's old school action stars because we don't really see that a lot anymore. And, you know, it's Stallone and Statham, so it just hits a familiar note with me. And I'm not... I'm. A, I'm unabashed in my love for this franchise. Like it's again, I know what it is. It's not for everyone. It's cheesy, bad, but I'm I'm in for the ride, man. Let's go, Expendables Five.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's gonna make it, Shane, with these numbers. Uh, It's just not gonna happen. I'm sorry to say, but yeah, it's uh, it's tough, man. But yeah, if you had to put a grade on it, or and also maybe power rank your four now because we are in that deep. Um, Where do you sit?
1: So to be fair um, and unbiased, this movie to me is a 2.5. Again, it's like a USA. I'm up at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I'm popping on USA, and this happens beyond. I'm watching it. It's in the background. So I give it a 2.5. As far as the franchise, for me, it goes one, two, this one, and the third one. Okay. Okay. So that's my power ranking order. And it's been a while since I've seen the first two, but I I like John claude in the second one. The third one was Mel Gibson, is just totally forgettable, and uh, with Rhonda Rousey and all that stuff. So I go, yeah, one, two, four, three.
0: Okay. You guys heard it first. Um, my man Shane <laughs> actually coming to the rescue of a movie that's getting kind of beat up over the weekend. So that's an interesting take by you. Speaking of Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, we have the number one movie on Netflix is The Machine. This is the Burt Kreischer vehicle that he brought on. <sighs> Mark Hamill to play his father. This is, of course, you know, based on his stand up uh, routine, his story, his legendary story that he did uh, coming out of Russia when he was a young kid um, getting hooked up with the Russian mob. Um, This is directed by Peter Intensio, who did uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which is why I brought up uh, JCVD. Um, he also did that movie Keanu with uh, Kean Peel was, uh, I believe the the crew there for for part of that. So this is getting again, similarly beat up, but obviously buoyed by the the people versus the critics. It is a 32% rotten tomato score with an with an 87% audience score. So obviously that's the Burt fans coming to the rescue on that. 2.7 Letterbox, 5.8 IMDb, and a 37 Metascore. How'd you feel about the machine, there, Shane? Surprisingly,
1: again, I don't want to come to the defense of bad movies, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. And listen, this comes from a person who does not care for Burt Standup at all. Like he's
0: okay. Yeah, I like I him never, as a podcaster and has like kind yes. of a personality more than his stand up, but I'm Correct. still so I like I never, the the machine story is still Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so. good. Yeah, I just don't seek his stuff out like you said he's, you know, entertaining when he's with Segura and they do those podcasts 100%. This felt and I think I told you off mic, this felt like one of those harmless SNL movies they would just spit out in the mid 90s to <laughs> early right. 2000s. Like the ladies, man, like just say, and I'm a fan of the ladies, man. I'm not saying I bring that up because I I will defend that movie.
0: I think it's better. Will Ferrell in that movie is on 11. That dude greasing himself up and trying to do the Roman Greco or Greco Roman wrestling (laughs) is amazing.
1: Yeah. So this is what I felt like when I was watching the machine. And of course, it's based totally like we said on his stand up bit. That's the whole movie. So there's really nothing to spoil. It's like bit for bit an expanded version of that uh, of that story along with him trying to get uh, mend his relationship with his daughter. Cause he's trying to be a good dad. He's going to therapy. Like the, the outside story is he is off of social media cause he's embarrassing his family cause he's a fat drunk. So he's trying to do a lot of self-help right. and trying to mend fences. So that's like the backdrop story to the machine and Mark Hamill doesn't believe that story. Even existed. He never believed Bert until Bert got kidnapped during the movie. So that's like the basis of the movie. And you have uh, our guy who we just saw last week in uh, Jimmy Tatro from. I was going to mention that, yeah. Plays the young Bert Kreischer who knocks it out of the park. It's a, again, it's a harmless movie that for a Saturday afternoon, that's when I watched it. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't even know it was on Netflix. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Entertaining. I didn't mind it,
0: so I defend the machine better so, than I thought. Mark Hamill was great. So over under two point seven <sighs> for, for this under buddy. still under, under so two point five. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I can't, I can't get it to a two or three. So, but again, you could be doing worse things on a Saturday at two o'clock. Exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, and I haven't caught this one yet. It's on my watch list. You know, it's one of those like, oh, it's on Netflix, and that's everybody, apparently, because like I said, it's number one right now, uh, beating out uh, Spy Kids Armageddon, which came out uh, over the weekend, um, which I watched the first 30 minutes of, and like I wanted to vomit. Uh, I was just like, this is not good. Not good, pal. Uh, and unfortunately, my kids are still asking, like, so when are we watching that one? I was like, oh, we'll watch it, sure. Uh, so pray for Mojo. Pray for Mojo. Uh, that's going to be me dying on the vine watching that uh, sometime soon. So that is The Expendables 4 in The Machine. We crossed over both watching The Continental from the world of John Wick. Um, this stars Colin Woodell and Mel Gibson, amongst others. This is, like we said, a, a three-part miniseries that they're doing week-to-week. Interesting choice with that. Um, uh, well, we can get to that in a moment. I think that's more of a peacock move than actually what the material says. It's currently got a 64%... Rotten Tomatoes score uh, with an 83% Rotten Tomato audience score I think though well especially the audience score I believe is a little high I was underwhelmed by this one Uh, especially if you're coming from anything that has John Wick in the title and you know we're both big fans we you know part four we have as probably you know top one or two of the of the year so far depending on where we stand right And this one, I think, is slow to find its footing because it's all over the place. It's trying to be a period piece. It's trying to be beholden to what the series is and what Winston is like and all that while creating whole cloth, kind of what this relationship is with him and his brother and what Mel Gibson is, which I don't really have a great shake of like what his deal is and why he needs to be taken down. He's a bad dude, obviously, but like, you know, it's a it's a hotel full of assassins. So like what are we what are we caring about? So I don't know. To me, there was a lot of things shoehorned and this is just the first episode. So I'll continue, but it's a reluctant continue. How'd you feel oh. about it, Shane? Um Yeah, i I agree with a
1: lot of what you said. I didn't get the whole Mel Gibson thing yet. I thought they went in a lot of directions for that first episode, but I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. I didn't know it was an hour and a half, though. I will say, I thought it was like forty five minutes.
0: Yeah, felt like I kept
1: looking at my watch. I'm like, huh. I hit pause. I'm like, shit, this thing's an hour and a half. So (laughs) I was like, okay. But I do like the background of Winston so far. I like the stuff with his brother. Um, I like, I think what makes it work for me, it's set in the 70s. I think that helps it a lot. I like the period piece aspect of it. Um, I don't love this show yet, but I was highly entertained with the first episode. So I'm going to obviously watch the next two. But um, yeah, I wasn't down on it. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not. It does hurt itself from being attached to John Wick cuz you expect, you know, like the hallway scene with his brother shooting himself out of the um uh whatever the situation
0: he was in. So, Sure. I, you know, but I I I enjoyed it. Yeah, cuz that's the one thing, right, is that we know Winston, but we don't know what he was ever capable of and or, you know, and again, we're, we're learning all these characters pretty much for the first time. So we don't know what anybody's really capable of, I guess, if if we're you know talking that way. So like I said, that's why it's a little TBD. But at the same time, I don't fully get besides just trying to line up the timing. I don't get why 1970s New York makes a lot of sense besides the fact that they have to be there you right. know like they're they're putting the atmosphere in by doing needle drops all over the place and and you know fashion choices and dumpy apartments or whatever in, in bad neighborhoods or whatever but it's like i don't know oh, uh, cer- certain characters don't click with me the whole the police angle doesn't yeah. do anything for me so i'm i'm trying to see what this show is trying to say and i know that sounds like, I'm asking maybe for too much in a in a John Wick thing. But the beauty of John Wick, and you know this, is that it's minimalist. And it's just gory, gun-fu craziness that we just are like, yes, give me more. It's very simple. It's very small. This doesn't have any kind of, like, rhythm to it. It doesn't have a focus. It doesn't have as much of that singular star power either. Cause obviously uh, it has a Keanu size hole, you know? Yeah. Uh, even though Keanu says what, like seven lines in one of these movies, like some ridiculously low uh, amount. So I don't know I, 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 I for, a, s- for a streaming TV show that I had very little expectation on because unless, unless I thought it was going to be more explosive, which clearly it's not. Right. So, I don't know.
1: It's fine. The, the one eye roll I did have is when uh, the part where he met with that guy who gave him the car, that whole scene, it's
0: right. yeah. like,
1: we never knew Winston was into cars, and I just felt like they did that because of the whole John Wick and his car angle, like his car was his thing. Yeah. And it's like, we never got that from Winston in the original movies, all of a sudden he's into that, you know, like, he has to have that kind of car, too. Right. You know, it just felt forced, so I did roll my eyes at that that whole scene with him and that crew and that... Or whatever used car dealership use at,
0: or something right and honestly you were in my head a lot while i was watching it because <laughs> you you nailed it last i'm still impressed by the fact that you pulled like this is like watching pennyworth oh and thanks where, man. i appreciate where that <laughs> but then again i'm like oh god they made like three seasons of penny (laughs) so i'm like oh man are we getting this over and over until it connects to the universe that would hope not that would be dreadful yeah please don't do that um so to me i'm I'm probably caught in between these scores i'm not i'm not in in giving it a b grade or anything and i'm not i'm not dumping on it either i'm just waiting Um, yeah let's see where it goes yeah, but I'm uh, I'm curious to know if the, the critics have seen the whole thing, and that's where they're hitting 64, so it might slide downhill. But, you know, Peacock has to be at least a little happy that they have something to put out, because I can't remember the last time I turned on my Peacock that wasn't sports-related. So um, that's tough. Yeah. Because Poker was Face... was that Kaylee Cuoco oh, oh, original. The, uh, oh, you did watch that. Yeah, I was, did watch that. Because to me, it was Poker poker face and mrs davis and then yeah that was it and so what was that like spring oh god spring Maybe yeah. earlier so yeah that's that's not great if you're peacock trying to to retain viewers so but i will watch this uh, this upcoming week and I'll, I'll see where it ends but you know again not 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 grabbing me but i'm i'm here i guess um I want to kind of wrap this up. I saw dumb money. We we mentioned this earlier and you so you don't have it down by you yet or is it it's, just It, it did not a play time? yet by us. Yeah, it okay. did not play us. I
1: <clears throat> it's on my list cuz it is high. I do want to see it. I would love to talk about it. Not yeah, helping me. But it missed out. Yeah. It's not playing down here. It's still not coming out this week here either.
0: Is, which that is strange? Right? That's that's correct. So over the weekend, it played at 600 theaters, which is still, like, a quarter of, like, a lot of these movies, you know, the uh, Expendables of the World or The Nun 2, etc. Um, and I'm wondering, like, because they keep doing this slow release, but at the same time, if, if it doesn't hit a much larger audience this weekend, it's going to get murdered by Exorcist crowd and... You know, all these, uh, you know, Oscar movies that are set to come down the slate because God damn, just Netflix alone is a gauntlet, let alone what's in the theaters coming up. And I don't know if this is just going to get swallowed up and its destiny is just to land on a streamer soon enough. I think it is. Yeah, do that I mean, I feel bad for it because, you know, dumb money is getting solid reviews. I mean, it's it's. Not anything where I, I kind of put it in the zone of it's just outside of contending for things. I think this is going to be a movie that people will, if you haven't really heard the story or haven't gone deep into the story, this is the GameStop movie for anybody uh, who's who doesn't know the story, how it was kind of uh, betting against the shorting of GameStop and basically trying to Deflate these hedge fund managers and all this stuff, where it becomes this. They call it a meme stock. This also happened with AMC. There's a lot of things, and they don't really go into that too much, but they do mention. Like it pops up where people were doing both GameStop and AMC at one point. But it has a 7.1 IMDb and a 66 Meta score. and I think it's about right. It's not gonna wow anybody. It's a it's a good learning tool it this is not the big short or some of these other like high finance movies that have better characterizations um paul dano is the lead of this you know and there it's a deep cast like america ferrera's in it and pete davidson and uh seth rogan and nick offerman and many many others but i felt like it lacked a certain propulsion it lacked a certain pulse that I was hoping for, especially because the movies spread out like they it, Paul Dano's this obvious like this uh, smart guy finance guy works for like just as a low level broker for mass mutual and nothing too crazy. And then but he does this YouTube show that catches on for this particular GameStop stock that he, he likes the stock and he shows why. And then he shows all the reasons why people should go into it. And it slowly catches on between YouTube and Reddit and, you know, all the different places, TikTok, whatever, and gets into it. You know, like everybody starts buying in and then makes it this, like, rally cry to go and fuck the rich, basically. And you get to see both sides, but mostly just seeing who. Who tried to screw who? Uh, when did the the elite start to intervene? It's it's an entertaining story because the story is great. But for anybody who knew the story, I don't know how much it's going to elevate above that level. Like there's um, I think it's called Eat the Rich, which uh, there's a Netflix mm-hmm. documentary series about the GameStop stuff. And to me, this movie made me more want to seek that out. To see where I can kind of fill in the story or whatever. Then then more, I think if I did it in the reverse, I'd be maybe even more disappointed with the movie. Where I'd be like, okay, it did enough to get the story across and get people into it. But I don't think it's going to be something that like lives on in a big short or these other type of financial film way. So, and you know me, Shane, this was a movie we talked about for a while. This was one of those where I was like, this is going to kind of kick off award season in a way because we got this. And then, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon comes out in a couple of weeks. And, you know, it's just going to keep going and going and going from there. Not to mention all these uh, fall festivals are still going on. A bunch of people winning awards. It's good. It's not great. It probably came out at the perfect time. But honestly, it's going to land probably on a streamer and probably get more talked about then. Um, right. this, I think so it's Columbia pictures and which means they're tied to Sony and Sony has that first streaming deal window kind of thing with Netflix. So it's going to probably end up on Netflix. It'll do good good views there. But again, even this by the time it gets to Netflix, Netflix will be in a gauntlet of, of movies that they're all trying to get towards either award season or, like, blockbuster stuff. Let me just run this past you, Shane, okay? Sure. All right, so this weekend starts just a week after week on Slot, and I'm going to probably miss something, okay? <laughs> this weekend is Reptile with Benicio Del Toro, that, like, hard-boiled detective story, which I've seen, and because, like, early reviews are already out, I haven't written my review yet, and it will come out this weekend when the movie comes out. But all I can say is, yep. <laughs> uh that movie is a shame like if you liked copland and those type of things you're going to be digging this movie okay then next week fair play comes out which was a movie they picked up in uh from sundance uh that's been doing really well it's like this steamy kind of like inter office you know it's 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 going to do well trust me um so and it has some people from some Prominent shows. I believe one of the guys from either Bridgerton or whatever, like it's going to do well. Okay. Then you got old dads. The Bill Burr movie is going to come out yep. pain hustlers, which is Emily Blunt and Chris Evans doing uh, an like an opioid crisis kind of uh, a thing on the, from the villain side, basically. Then you got Niad, which is uh, the swimmer story, the biopic, uh, which stars Annette Benning and Jodie Foster. That's already getting some, some certain level awards buzz, at least for a, Annette Benning. And then the killer comes yep. out, um, which that just got, it's going to do New York film festival and its final weekend too. So that's going to get even more buzz out of there. Um, that's of course the David Fincher film for anybody else. Then Rustin, which is another biopic that uh, Coleman Domingo, they're trying to push him for best actor. Um, which is like a civil rights uh, story. Leo, the uh, animated film with Adam Sandler as the voice. Uh, Then you have May, December, which is Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. That again, another awards play. (laughs) Uh, And I'm I'm not even close. I haven't even gotten to December yet. Um, Leave the World Behind, which is the Sam Mail movie starring uh, Julia Roberts, Ethan, Ethan Hawke, and Mahershala Ali. Killer, killer lineup. Then you have Chicken Run 2, you have Maestro, uh the Bradley Cooper movie, and then Rebel Moon, the uh Ugh, the, the Zack Snyder, the Zack Snyder movie. So that's through the end of the year, Shane. And I, again, I'm Oh, and yeah, and then tomorrow, cuz we're recording this on Tuesday, tomorrow starts th- four straight days of Wes Anderson shorts. Yeah, starting with right. Henry Sugar. So good luck. dumb money when you're going to land and I, I, it'll do something because again, it's also Sony, right? So I would assume Spider-Verse is going to land probably close to the end of the year too on Netflix. It should, right? So, wow. So (laughs) good. Did you,
1: I know it's a different movie, but did you like this more than say Blackberry?
0: No, no. Blackberry more. And again, I don't know if it's because Blackberry had no hype to me. It was one of those, like, it was recommended, but it wasn't like, I was like, come on, really? This movie, it's going to probably land in the same zone as, like, Air and some of these other ones where it was like, it'll be fine, and I'll, you know, semi-forget it by the end of the year. No, this is opposite. Dumb Money is actually probably closer to Air. Yeah. Okay. So, it's like where it's solid. Am I going to care too much about the story outside of what I already know? Eh and then go from there. Is it does it have any people in it where like I'd say the performance deserves an award ca- a category or or a screenplay for telling the story? Nah. Okay. I think Pete Davidson, I I'm glad that he's there, which I don't say that very often. Um Pete Davidson as being kind of the comedy, you know, aspect of it right. works and is needed. Uh America Ferrera continues to impress me this year with her Barbie and Dumb Money turn, but yeah. Okay. It's solid, but it and Fair I can I, I can't say don't want it. It's good movie, but it's not what I hoped it'd be, where it'd be right. setting the world on fire. And here's the interesting thing, and this'll be the last thing on this. So Dumb Money again, where I'm thinking its next turn, it's its life is probably gonna be on Netflix, right? Last I knew, they ha- Netflix also bought a script or was developing a script about the GameStop story. Oh. And obviously they already have the documentary. So I'm like, I'm, I'm interested to see a, if that script got like thrown in the trash or whether they're going to be like, yeah, we're just going to go all in on this and just stagger them all out. That's an interesting strategy too. Um, So, yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on with this, but we're going to be inundated, I guess, with the GameStop story, which, you know, it's, it's an interesting story to tell. Right. And your score? If I cheated. (laughs) Which you do. Which I do. every week, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, 3.25.
1: Okay, fair enough. You know,
0: if I said three, I don't know, because something pauses me about saying three and a half, but, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing if I said three and a half. So it's somewhere in that zone. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, and again, I don't want to, like, completely shit on it. It's a good movie and it's a better score than everything I think we've said to this point. But, it has, yes, but, but, but I was expecting a 4. So, gotcha. you know what okay. I mean? So I think that's a little bit where I where I sit with that one. So again, keeping it non-spoilery, but again for a story that if you already know the story or whatever, if you want to prep, I don't know if you should because you might be more disappointed, but yeah, like I said that Eat the Rich uh series, you know, go check that out on Netflix if you want to do that. Um, so Shane, so just to wrap this up, we got Gen V this week. Yes. We'll have episode two of the John Wick series. And like I said, Reptile, I absolutely urge you to see. I will will see that. I will be checking in with you to see if you enjoyed that. Um, what else is, is the big to die this week? I am going to go see the creator this weekend. Right. Right. That is the big one for the weekend. So that'll be the big sci-fi deal for the week so yeah that's good it's gonna be another busy week and i will say like i said just from the netflix movies i listed i feel like we're all gonna be very busy and then let's tack on all these other awards movies and any kind of blockbusters they got coming through i completely forget i I forget anytime uh unless i'm in a movie theater that the marvels is coming out right i i I honestly, I feel bad about it in a way, but like, yeah, it's, uh, it's not good, but yeah, like, I don't know if you're going to see any of the big, uh, you know, the horror stuff coming up, your exorcist saw, I'm going to go see the
1: exorcist. I'm going to skip on saw because as much as I defended that franchise early on, it's just run its course. So, uh, I'm out on saw in on exorcist. And again, this weekend as a creator. So, yeah. And
0: I don't give a shit about, uh, Wonka. As nope. like, a, like a thing. And I keep forgetting how much they moved stuff back, too. Yes, like Dune. I'm so
1: mad they moved Dune to next year.
0: Well, see, this is the other thing I want to hear from people. And not, obviously, you. I'm talking about, like, studio heads. inside. Like, what makes sense, right? So the writer's strike is coming to an end. They've reached a, a preliminary agreement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Obviously, SAG is next to come. We'll see how long it takes for them to to get over the strike. I'm wondering whether things are going to come back in, but I, I don't so. know. I'm looking at like like in some ways it looks stacked, and in some ways because there's not a lot of blockbusters, and they move things even like bigger indie plays like challengers that you know the the tennis film with um, Zendaya and uh, you know a few others, they were holding off on that movie. They pushed it back because they want her star power to promote it. Well, if the sag strike comes on the heels of WGA, because the framework is already there, can we see something like challengers come back in December? Can we, or even early January? You know, I wonder if we're going to see, especially uh, some of these Oscar players that we thought were going to, you know, and Dune being one of them. I wonder if they're going to come back and then land them, say, in July, mm. uh, excuse me, in January, when right. there is usually that kind of maybe the, the hangover of all the Oscar filmy stuff or those last, last minute pushes uh, that could happen. So any thoughts on that? You think uh, we're going to see something come back into the fold? I selflessly Craving hope doing
1: yeah yeah actually i'm looking forward to that one so don't don't that you might know, be a february a big, i wouldn't be shocked yeah. if they pulled that back into the fold right uh you know selfishly i want them to pull dune back in uh to the fold as quickly as they can um but outside that i don't think we'll see it i think like you said january february uh we'll start seeing these movies they push back so we'll see i'm just glad like you said you read off the schedule we were bitching a couple of weeks ago how it was dry and it did, did, did seem it like was. a desert out there. It was. <laughs> but I'm, I, listen, man, the more out there, the better. I'm glad we're going to be busy here pretty soon with our shows and what's coming out in the theater and Netflix and all that good stuff. So I, I'm excited, man.
0: For sure. Yeah. It's going to be treacherous. We're going to have to be maybe more selective (laughs) (laughs) instead of us. uh, like we covered four things today, maybe a a little less on that end. And unfortunately, probably the TV will take the the hit on that a little bit. Right. Um, But yeah, I look forward to it. I look forward to talking to you about all of it. This should be a fun time. Thanks to everyone who's listening out there. Uh, Appreciate you. Give us uh, a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Uh, Check us out on the socials at Recent Act Pod. Um, Yeah, do all the fun, nice stuff. Subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of us blathering on about all these things that clearly we care so much about. We'll see you next week for more recent activity.